0: All right.
1: Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on yet another defeat on the road, this time in Kirkcordy at Wraith, is David Forrest. David, how are you? Um,
2: Come see, come <laughs> Oh, I've, I've had worse, I've had better. I, the, 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 game, the game will get on to, but um, I had a good weekend regardless. Um, but just the, the the
1: the blotch of having to go in that that fucking game. <laughs> yeah. Rushing back from Cacadie to see Neil Rogers and Sheikh is is very on brand. I must say. Jamie McDonald's here as well. Jamie, how are you? How was your weekend?
3: Yeah, weekend was good. To be fair, spent most of it up in Aberdeen. Um, seeing my friends from school. Got up there. At uni. Uh, the game wasn't great, but it's a new away day to take off the list. First new away day for absolutely ages so
1: yeah and that was good the game was not. it was not and we had him on in pre-season and after impressing and training he's going to get his competitive debut it's Andy McKenzie. Andy how are you hey all right guys
4: thanks for having me on aye we'll get a tour into the game and see how you get our thoughts on that
1: we sure will Andy I'll just stick with you there now as always we'll have a look at the the starting eleven. Not too many surprises. I think there was just one change from the previous week with Cammy Smith coming back into the side for Zach Rudden, which meant that Kieran McKenna kept his place at right back, which we spoke about last week, and with Banzo Dock and Turner on midfield, uh, Holt and Mayo at the back, Sneddon and goals. Were there any surprises for you in there?
4: Yeah, I think Ruddon not being in the team was a bit of a surprise. I don't I like Cammy Smith. Uh, I think he will come good at some point, but for me, I don't really think he deserved to be ahead of Rudding at this point because um, Rudding can still give us that that we kind of spark up top to drift wide to create space. And then like we've seen it before in these league seasons, that's what he's kind of been doing. He's been doing a lot of hard work in creating space and bringing in the crosses that Graham and a few others have
1: scored. So I think that was the biggest kind of surprise, no seeing him in the team. Jamie, what about you?
3: Were you happy with the starting eleven on Sunday? I'm pretty much the same. I wasn't you know, gutted with it. I thought it was a strong enough lineup to do alright in the game, but i wanted Rudden to start. I always think we should play both of them up front. We spoke about it in the chat about Brian Graham. He plays best when he's playing with Rudden. They work, you know, they bounce off each other well. Rudden gets does the dirty work well, gets out wide, and I think we did miss him in the starting lineup. I know there's been a couple of suggestions, maybe he's not fit enough to play in the ninety minutes. I don't know. that's true or not, because he doesn't always get taken off or just doesn't start. But I think they both got to start against here on Saturday and Hamilton away in uh, three weeks' time as well.
1: I'll come back to you on that point. Jamie will come into the performance in more depth just in a bit, but we were having a discussion yesterday in the group chat about who would be the more effective lone striker. And when McCall does change to one up top, it always seems to be Graham that keeps his place. But do you think Ruddon would be a more effective... So if target man, one guy up there doing all the hard work. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that when we do choose one of the others rather than play the two?
3: See, I never want to see Brian Graham get dropped. I'd always rather we play the two up front. But if McCall was going to do one up front, I'd rather he maybe actually went with Rudden next time if he was going to do it. Because you know Rudden, he's got a little bit more of a ton of pace about him. I think his hold-up plays maybe a bit better. He's decent at bringing the ball down. But Brian Graham's a good hold-up play as well. I'm not slagging him for that at all. But uh, you know Rudden is a bit better at out wide and the dirty work and managing to put balls in for someone else if they're going to arrive in the box for like a midfielder to like a Turner maybe or Shea Gordon if he was starting I feel he's kind of more effective for that sort of thing but I really do think they bounce off each other well and I think they both play best when the other one's on the pitch but we haven't really seen Ruddon on the pitch without Graham I can't even remember the last time that happened so it's a lot of things we've seen and if McGall was going to try something it wouldn't be a terrible thing to try but you know, McCall really does have the players that he trusts in and doesn't drop and Brian Graham's one of them. So I can't see
0: it happening anytime soon. So I just have I have to hope that they start both them up top next week.
1: David, you took the, the East Coast Mega Rider up to Kirkcaldy on Sunday. What were your thoughts on the game?
2: I, I I thought it was an incredibly frustrating game to be honest. Like it's it was weird because for the first half, outside of the Zanata goal, Rafe Rovers are barely out their own half. We we did control the ball quite a lot, and we were we were absolutely going for them and getting the ball into their half. And but we just couldn't pull anything out of it. We just couldn't get any any chances. And then when Zanata scored, you're you, you like, mm, "Aye, this this is all ringing a bit familiar." You know, we huff and puff, we labour, and then they just score one 0 and then that's it. And then like the but you but even going in at half time you're kinda of like, well, you know, we we we've been we have been trying to make something, we've just not been able to pull it off. So if we go out in the second half, you know, I, I think we we can maybe pull something back. And then we went out in the second half like we have so many times this season and just kind of fucked about for a wee bit and like ref Rovers just kind of overwhelmed us a little bit. Um it was a very it was a very, very aggressive uh, game there was lots of hard tackles, dives, you know, um, argy-bargy the lot. And it it, it was it was, a, it was a very tough game when Rafe Rovers just kind of turned us through a little bit when they were 1-0 up and seen that we were maybe a wee bit brittle and could kind of get under us. And when they would score to make it 2-0 and 3-0, you're like, aye, well, that, that makes sense. I, I would argue the 3-2 is actually far more frustrating than the 3-0. Because at 3-0, you're like, well, we were just quite bad. That, that happens, right? And we're in a position where we're being, we're quite bad over the last couple of weeks. But to then, in the last 10, 15 minutes, pull out two goals and kind of bring yourself back in where, oh, you might, you might be able to pull a point back or whatever. And I was sitting there going, where, where was this for the 30, 35 minutes before the second goal, where suddenly you were just throwing everything and it worked and you got results from it. And it's like, well, why, why, why weren't we playing like that? You know, you know coming out straight the second half because it clearly can't work for us and it was just I don't know it was an all-round very frustrating day to the point it, it was it was a bit of a toxic atmosphere by the end everyone was just sick of it but yeah I don't I don't know I, I don't I don't want it to uh people if like sort of focus on the penalties and think oh we could have f- thrown it away or in. we didn't really deserve anything from the game and I don't even know if we had got the penalties which to be honest they, they were Certainly, the second one the foul definitely was he shoved him there was nothing nothing really uh, to say apart from he shoved him down it should have been a penalty but I don't know if it would have made a difference to be honest
1: Do you remember in the sort of late Archibald era where we had like a few injuries at fullbacks and a few fullbacks had moved on and we were filling guys in like Elliot was maybe playing left back or Paul McGinn was playing Turnbull was playing full back things like that and we really sort of lacked that threat that we used to get from O'Donnell, Taylor Sinclair, Booth, guys like that. That performance reminded me of that sort of era on Sunday, because as you said, David, we had lots of the ball, but we never really seemed to penetrate Wraith's defence. Jamie McDonald had one save from a, a Graham header, which came from a deep cross. It wasn't like we got to the byline or anything. Other than that, I can't really remember us cutting Wraith open too often until it got to like the last 10, 15 minutes, and... Andy, I'm going to ask you a question about our attack, because even though we scored two goals on um, Sunday, they were quite late goals, and I think it's fair to say our attack in the last two or three weeks now has been a bit disappointing. I was doing a bit of digging earlier, so we've scored 13 goals in the league this season. Seven of them have come from set pieces. Five of them have come from attacks down the left-hand side, and one has come from an attack down the middle. We've not scored a goal from open play with an attack down the right-hand side yet. How big a problem is that? Because I've I worked that out in five minutes, so I'm sure teams that are doing the research into us will begin to work out if we nullify them from set pieces and double up on Tiffany. They're not going to be much of a threat. So how concerned are you about our attack at the moment? Uh, I, um, I'm working, I'm concerned
4: about the tactics. I don't think I'm concerned about the players, because I think we've got the players to hurt teams. It's, uh, it is the... Maybe the formation at the moment, as as you said, it feels like you know we. Tiffany is getting doubled up, or maybe something's getting tripled up as well, and he's getting rough. He's getting roughed up and everything as well, because that's what that's what you do when you've got good silky players, and that you want to rough them up and let them know that you're there in the game. So Tiffany is getting completely kind of marked out, eh, and it's really difficult because he, he is trying. He is trying. To get things going and get and do what he does best but it's not quite happening for him at the moment. But as you said, if we the if we had a fullback like a Stevie a young like a young Stevie Adorno or Taylor Sinclair to help him out to create that space to make it, you know, if they're taking the ball forward, Tiffany can be, you know, creating the space and if there is enough space for that fullback to get into, you know, driving forward to help him out. We don't really seem to have that at the moment because if you look like at if we like look it was it Booth and the uh, Lawless they were they were great together they were able to create and open teams up and everything uh, but I we don't really have that at the moment but I don't I don't think I'm worried at this moment in time because we're only is it six seven games in um, attacking I feel fine I think we've got the right players for them uh, midfield midfield it seems like Call is always going to go with uh, Turner, a uh, Doc and Banzo, and he's just he's trying to work out what is best suited for them. So for me, it's got to be a formation change and use your three best players, which could be all those midfielders being in the centre of midfield and uh, dictating it. It's just then finding who you're going to play as wing backs if it's going to be that you know that three five two. Because I was I was I was saying as well I would I would love to have seen Hendry get a start. On Sunday there, just to put him in because you know Richards Foster. I've seen this as well that he's 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 fine, he's he's good, but he doesn't really give as much going forward as much as I would maybe like him to do. Defensively, I, I think he's alright, it's fine, but I, I'm not expecting him go up and down the wing, up and down the wing, and up and down the wing all the time. It's just maybe because it's an age thing. I'm not quite sure, but. Yeah, we need, and the right back, I just, yeah, we don't really have a right back in the moment, so I'm hopeful that if he does maybe change it to, say, you are we might see a wee bit more creativity, and I think Tiffany can play up front, because did he not do it when he scored the winner against Queen of the South? So, that means you've got attackers of likes of uh, Tiffany, Ruddon and Graham, and maybe Cammie Smith can play there as well, so I'm not worried about the team, I think, attacking and midfield were fine, but defensively, I think McCall might think that he's not got the the best out of them yet. Because I was gutted that is has not been in the team just because he's been he was fantastic alongside Hope. I don't understand why he ended up moving out to right back against I think it was Zirbonef. So I would love to see him being back in the centre defence because he seems like he, would, he had a good partnership alongside Hope. But yeah, I know you were saying about the kind of performance side of things. We were—I feel like we were on top of uh, brief Rovers. and we did have a few chances where we cracked the bar. We Turner was a Turner's shot. We cracked the bar. A R- uh, Grian header as well. It was a good Jamie Jamie McDonald save, and I think they said that Doc had one just past the post. So I think we are creating chances. We just we just can't take them and as well. With Cammie Smith just after half time as well. We just had, it always seems to be we've got the ascendancy, but then we do something stupid, like give away a penalty, and it's just, it just deflates you completely. And it's
1: a kind of, hopefully it's not the same old story for the rest of the year. Jamie, you were rested on, on last week's episode, but at the weekend I, I joined David, who was uh, pitching your idea for the back. Um, I joined that bandwagon at the weekend. Is that something you'd like to see? Andy's mentioned Hendry there. I see somebody you'd like to see come into the team in the next week or two, see what he can do. What are your thoughts going for on the the team going forward? Yeah, I wouldn't be against that three in the back. I
3: suggest that a while back and going into the next two league games. The two league games we can maybe look to go for it at the back. Hamilton has got them in two league games' time. They're not exactly the highest scoring team in the league. Don't think they've scored that many goals apart from that four each game. We're eighth. Here, they've got, I guess it's Adeloy up top. He seems a bit of a threat, but I'm not too sure with the rest of their squad. But I'd still like us to do it, especially when you know, we're at home against there on a big pitch if we're playing three at the back with wing backs. I'd love to see Stephen and Hendry come into the team to see what he can do. I think he's a good signing. If he can stay fit, and hopefully he can contribute to the side. Because our full-backs at the moment, they're not taking us forward enough, I don't think. I know McKenna got a few balls into the box yesterday, but I don't think our full-backs are having enough impact on the attack. And I don't think they're pacey enough to recover if they give the ball away. You know, or they You know, they get caught in possession, misplaced pass, they just don't have the speed to recover sometimes. Uh, it's just frustrating. So I definitely would like to see Skota free the back. Probably pick Hendry on the left if he's fit. Back three of Holt, Mayo and Akinola. And I know some people might not agree with it, but I actually wouldn't mind seeing Shea Gordon play as the, right, as the right wing back. I thought he was solid when he played the right back. He's played right wing back for us before. And he's probably a bit better getting us forward than any of the options we have right now to play at the right back instead of him. So, yeah, that's what I'd like to see. I think it'd be interesting to do that. I think we'd have enough protection in the midfield if we played in and dock with that as well.
1: So, yeah, I think that'd be an interesting formation for us to play. David, most of our listener questions this week were about the defence. Um, Ross Alexander and Richard Phillips got in touch and basically just asked how concerned are we about the defence at the moment? How do we stop shipping the goals we're conceding? That's three away games in a row now in the league. We've conceded three goals. Does it? Do you think it'll take a formation change? Is it just new players getting used to each other? What would you put your finger on as as the reason? Are, are there too many reasons for us to cover?
2: It is difficult. I mean, I, I I'm I'm still fully in the the three defenders bandwagon at this point. I think you kind of need to shake something up. We are on a bit of a slump, and I I, I don't think the current the current way of doing things is cutting it, to be honest. Um, we still have time to change it. We still have time to, you know, turn things around. Every team goes through for patchy forms throughout a season. I, as you said last week, McCall, he's always finds a way to do it. Um, I do want to see Hendry come in and see what he can do, but again, we don't know about fitness and stuff like that. It's, it's tough. Like you, you look at, like, you look at our, our full backs, and you're like, well. It's Ricky Foster, isn't it? It's, it's, it's Ricky Foster's going to be the guy in uh, right back or like left back, and again, I, I've you know been more of a defender, Ricky Foster, than most people this season or whatever. But I, I don't know. It, he he feels very endemic of the the issues that we're uh, that we're having, and that's not necessarily like, put all the blame on him. I think it's just a case of he he he, he does he doesn't exactly shine when we when we look when we play bad if you know what I mean um you should get a bit of time out of the team maybe think about the formation just see how you go because I think something does need to change I think the fact that we have like three centre backs of Holt, Mayo and Akinola who have a lot of promise and now you have you have your back three right there and then you can obviously put your wing backs in that um out as well I, I just I don't know like I think I think we always knew going into this that we were going to concede quite a lot of goals. But we, but the idea was we'll score more. I mean, we'll score lots of goals. And it, it did look like that was going to be the case because we were free-flowing, we were creative, we were doing lots of uh, cool stuff. And it looked like, yeah, we would, you know, turn in the goals, it didn't really matter how many we conceded as long as we scored more. But then when your attacking options are dry up and you're not getting as many goals, but you're still conceding, you kind of have to look at it and go, hmm, Maybe something does need to change. I think I think it does need a bit of freshening up, but I I don't know the the, the fullback situation is a bit difficult with you know with who we have at the moment. It's it is square pegs and round holes at times, and yeah, some something needs to change. And I, I don't want to sound all you know Celtic under Lennon, you knowing the ten in a row season. You're frothing at the bit because we're going through this yes, terrible. You know, it's the end of the world. It's nothing like that. It's just we we kind we kind of need to get shake ourselves out of this. And I think we need to do something to facilitate that.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, David. I think as you said, the three. If we were to go to a back three, I think the three centre backs almost pick themselves with Akinola and Holt and Mayo. I think they all are pretty promising centre halves who have all put in good performances at one stage or another this season. Hendry would seem the obvious one at left wing back, and then it's really Foster or Gordon at right wing back, depending on how adventurous you want to go. Um, David, while well, you mentioned Foster, Andy, I'm going to come to you with a question which Darren has got in touch with. He said, eh, Foster seemed very steady this season, and Dogs probably had one poor game. Uh, these two seem like sta- scapegoats already for this season. Um what are your opinions on where it's gone wrong in recent weeks? We've sort of touched on that. And are there any other players you feel it could be pinned on? Um, Just on Foster and Doc, I feel like Foster is probably playing sort of as you would expect Foster to play. And maybe that's the problem. I don't think he's like playing sort of below par. I just think what he can do now at his stage of his career maybe isn't what we are looking for, especially when we're playing... Well, it sort of varied away from it on Sunday, but four four two. Most weeks, he's not really the fullback that's going to overlap, and that's not his fault if he's getting picked there. That's just what he is. And I think Docker, I was making notes as I was watching the game on Sunday, and I just noted down, um, he wasn't having a good game, and I think that's three or four in a row for Doc. And I don't think it's a case of scapegoating because we're not coming on here and saying, "Oh, he should be dropped. He's rubbish." I think we understand he's a good player and he's a good player at this level, and he's just going through a Patch, patch. Andy, are you, do you agree with that? Do you have any other thoughts on any other players you think might be underperforming at the moment? Uh,
4: no, I, I agree. I think if we escape, I don't think we can scapegoat anyone in our team at the moment. I, I I, don't know. I don't think we should be at all. Because as you say, Foster, I, I like Foster and he's doing what he can do. I don't, I don't think there's anyone in the team that's not giving it their all. I don't I, I. don't think that at all, which you should if someone is not putting their effort in, then you would be skateboarding, which would be fair enough, but the likes of Foster he he, he is doing what he's doing and as you say, I'm not expecting him to run up and down the wing all the time he, as well. He's doing his job as a fullback keep, uh, try to defend and do his best for us. I think a few times he, he can uh, get very hot-headed and try and take a player out uh if it's not going his way. But no, I'm I'm okay with Foster, but I, you know, I would like to see him maybe do a wee bit more uh, see his crossing sometimes. It's it can be quite poor. Uh, so maybe a wee bit of change in that. Uh, and Doherty, no, nah, uh, Doherty's been he's been really he has been really good for us. and as you say, every player goes through a bit of a bad patch which it's just the nature of the game. So, Baffert, he had a good game on Saturday. I thought he was, he, it, it was a time when I think Rafe Rose were a wee bit on top of us. He just totally grabbed it by the scuffle and neck a wee bit and kind of got us going. I think he was the one that kind of got the full players up and running again. So, yeah, but I don't know who else would be a scapegoat. To be maybe, you know, maybe Jamie Sneddon. He was, he can maybe be a bit of a scapegoat. Uh, if he's not doing his best, I think a few, I think a few fans are a wee bit not sure on him. Me, I actually quite like Jamie. I think he could be a really good player for us. He showed a few times that, you know, saving a penalty uh, two weeks ago against Kelly, and then I think he had a really good save uh, in the in the first half as well, or was it the second half against Raifovers, uh, to keep it, you know, at one nil at that time. So, yeah, and he was very close to saving the penalty as well. Uh, against the Reef Roars, so maybe Jamie Sneddon may be a bit of a scapegoat, but again, I think the players just can need, they need our back, and I believe McCall will, he will hopefully turn it around as he did last year as well.
1: So, yeah, I think that would be me, I would say. Jamie, I'll come to you with the next question. You weren't on the podcast last week and we sort of touched on it then, but Aaron's got in touch and just asked, are we going to reassess our expectations for the season? Um, that's four league defeats in the last five games now, and I know we've sort of spoken mostly since sort of mid July to now about playoffs being the goal, a tilt at the title maybe, but mostly playoffs. Um, and then last week we're talking we can't really rule out the title because of what happened last season, but it looks unlikely now, and it should just be the goal playoffs. Do you still think that's fair? We've dropped out the playoff positions now down to fifth. Do you still think it is aim for fourth and then see what happens, or do you think it's a a proper consolidation, just don't get dragged in into anything daft this season and anything else is a bonus?
3: Uh, For me, I said at the start of the season that I thought we'd finish fourth, maybe third at a push and I'd be happy with that. I'm going to stick with it. I think we've still got it in us to finish fourth or third. It's Definitely, that's a wild expectation. We're only fifth in the league. Yes, we're in a bad run of form right now, but as you mentioned last season, you can go on a good run of form and it can change your season. Do I think we won the title? Personally, no. I think we just aren't as good as certain teams above us. For example, Komarnik. I just think they're just the kind of team that will pick up wins when they're not playing well, which we haven't done so far this season. And, I mean, even... It sounds wild well to start of the season, but now there's even our bro. They're a team that they'll be one in top four. They've made a great start to the season. And obviously, Inverness is the other one that I think those three, personally, I think I, currently, the way the season's going, could see them finishing above us. However, I could also see us finishing maybe above our bro if they tailed off. But I think Inverness and Kermanec will stay above us for the most of the season because they seem to be going off how the season started. I know we're very early into it, but they just seem to be picking up points when we aren't. And the four teams we've lost to are the four teams above us right now. So, I think we can still finish above Riff and our bro. From, you never know, we could finish above Inverness or Kermanec, but I don't think we should be reassessing and saying, oh, it's all time to worry about relegation. Of course, we don't want dragged down into the battle of the bottom, but the next two games can be very telling for how the rest of the season could pan out. Because we've got Ayr, who seem to be mid-table tied right now. They picked up in recent weeks and made a really poor start. But seem seems to be in a bit of revival under Jim Duffy and Hamilton, who have made an absolutely appalling start. So we've got those two games up next. And they'll be very telling to where the season's going to go, I think. And we've got to be winning both of those. Those two games. You know, Air at home. We're at home against a team who, like I said, at the mid-table right now didn't make a good start. But it's a game we have to be winning. Hamilton away. I know it's not on the great pitch, and it might not make for a fantastic game. But there a seem seems to be, you know, flight with relegation this season. They haven't made. I didn't think they were going to have a good season coming down, but they've, you know, they, they've been worse than a lot of people thought they were going to be. And we've got to be winning that game as well. So there's two huge games coming up, and that could be really make us either reevaluate the season or can make us think, no, we're still pushing for those playoff places.
1: No, I agree, Jamie. I think for me. There's probably about a 1% chance of the title at this stage. I don't see it at all. But out with Kilmarnock and probably Inverness as well. I think Sean McGuigan touched on it quite a lot last on last week's episode. A lot of the teams are much of a muchness. And if we get guys like Graham and Ruddon scoring goals, I think that would be the difference because you look around you, even at teams like Wraith who beat us on uh, Sunday there, I would still be fairly confident of finishing in and around them. I don't think they are a long way better than us they played okay on Sunday but I don't think it was like a, oh they're a good team and that's a level we are yet to get to so sort I of think I think it is a very level playing field between maybe like third and tenth this season and I don't think we'll be down in the relegation spots but I think third fourth is still is still well within our sights David what about you
2: um, it's strange because I think, ironically, if we came up in the playoffs, we probably would have tapered our expectations a bit to, a bit more when uh, this season. But I think we just came up. We looked really strong at the end of the, the League One season. Everyone was in a real high and there was a lot of buzz around the club. And we went in and we thought we could do it. And then the signings kind of, they were, they, they were all signings that we, that we really liked. So I think everyone kind of... Um, has found themselves in this sort of thing of, God, we can go for the title, me included. But um yeah, I think it's definitely should go in for playoffs. Sean um, also mentioned that the team that comes like, fourth very rarely does well in the playoffs. So realistically, you need to be looking at like, second because you obviously get a, a less, I believe you get a game less, is that right? Yeah, that's I see, right.
1: I, I don't believe anyone that's come below second has been promoted.
2: Exactly. So, and obviously our team will do it eventually, but it, it kind of put it into perspective for me going, well, you know,
1: if
2: if no one under second ever goes up, um, it might, it might, it's a, I don't know if we should be going. I'll take fourth because yeah, the playoffs is a bit of a lottery. It's just there's there's, some, there's certain winners that win more than other ones, so it's not, it's not as equal as you would maybe expect it to be, so I don't know, playoffs are, are very much with, well within our grasp, and I think if we hadn't went up as Champions last season, I think most people would have been very happy with a playoff position this season and a cons- consolidation, not just you know battling for ninth on the last day of the season or anything like that. I, you know, like we can we can still make a tilt for the title. We, again, we're always quite bad until Christmas, and we, we've actually been not so bad. We've been over on like a four, you know, three-game defeated run. But you know, there, there's time to pick up things. you have still got to play every team three times. And um, the time we pick up points. And you, you, yeah, we should make the playoffs, and I think we will, to be fair. But like, let's try and make it second and not fourth, lads.
1: I think Jamie brought it up a couple of weeks ago. If we lost um, Oman Kilmarnock, that would mirror the first six games of the 18-19 season. And I think now we've lost four and won three. This is the exact point of the season with the, the exact same record that Alan Archibald was sacked. Was and after that, I don't think we won a game until December. Oh, almost. Yeah. I actually got one more game. He lost to them firm and then lost to
3: Ross County. Then he got sacked. Did he lose, did he lose five? Yeah, he lost five and won three. I see, well, we're well, 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 no, away from that I was tempted to wheel out that start But I was like, it's
2: just going to become my new No 5 goal since Comarico away. He should have been sacked a week before though like, it, like, I think everyone was kind of stunned That he didn't get sacked a week before So he basically got a leave of execution for a week uh, Realistically, probably should have been sacked at that point And it was obviously very, very sad At that point where I think He should have been banned a week before, to be honest So that was a real low moment
1: R.I.P. Alan Archibald, in a better place now. Um, Andy, I'm going to come to you with the last listener question we've got, and it's a, a fairly straightforward one. Uh, Ewan's asked, do you think we should recall Mo Sen and Yang from his loan in January? I've seen him in the SPFL team of the week uh, for two weeks in a row, I think up until last week, and he got his first professional goal in one of those games. Is he a player we should be looking to bring back, or do you think his development's best served at Alawa?
0: Uh,
4: personally I would like him back I, I really do I think I think he is a good player uh, I, I think he's been playing in midfield as well so I see the thing I see if we are playing like a 3-5-2 a, a he could be that guy that wins the ball and then passes it on to Turner or Banzo uh, to get us going so for me, yeah, I would like him back and that means we might have that back cover again defensively if anything else happens to any of the back four or three so yeah and, uh, I was kind of gutted that he did go out and win because I thought you probably been had he would probably would have got a bit of a chance eh, as well to push other guys eh, that are ahead of him. But yeah, definitely I, w- I would have him back and, and around the team, especially if he's doing so well for Arloa and really kind of putting in the, the performance over there because we know there what they're like they're a bit of a stuffy team eh, make it hard so he can maybe bring that wee bit of experience over our way eh, and put that. Sort of mindset and that performance in place, that kind of battling and getting in people's faces because I feel like we can be a bit soft sometimes. I think we've kind of said that for a wee while, but I think he'd be quite good if he came back to, this, especially if he comes back full of confidence and ready to go. Yeah, bring him
1: back. Earlier this week, I caught up with Scott, the stadium announcer at Somerset Park. Now joining me to look ahead to Saturday's game against AIR is the Somerset Park Stadium announcer, Scott. Scott, thanks very much for joining us. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, good. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for inviting me on.
1: No problem at all. First of all, before we get to the game, I want to ask you, you're obviously, the stadium announcer, how big a difference has the fans returning to Somerset Park made to your job?
0: Uh, A million times better than it was last season. Um, I was lucky enough, obviously, last season to get in. And there was about what 40 people that are most allowed in, in the ground, and it was so destroying, you know. I try to whip up an atmosphere, like playing music, etc. You know, you just sort of think, well, what's the point? And then there's no atmosphere when goals were going in, etc. As well. But absolutely delighted that fans are back. Yep.
1: Did you get any like requests from the players to do anything to sort of make them feel like it was still a competitive game they were playing? In?
0: Yeah, I, mean, I made up a few playlists, and obviously I couldn't really get talking to the players for obvious reasons, you know, through COVID, etc. They were in a different part. Of, I was uh, normally pre-COVID, I could get through all access areas, but unfortunately, I'm only allowed a certain area of the ground and towards the pay room and I had to stay there at all times. So I just basically made up a playlist, played music, and honestly, I don't know if the players like my music or not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, we'll talk about the players then. Obviously, Air have had quite a, a turbulent start to the season. What have you made of it so far? You've went through a manager, David Hopkins left. David Hopkins has left the club, and Jim Duffy's come in. What have you made of it so far?
0: Yeah, well, obviously, when David Hopkins left a few weeks ago, um, you know, knowing that it's how can I put this? The style of football wasn't that great. Uh, where Jim sort of changed it back to the kind of normal passing game. And the players seem to be, you know, a lot happier playing that way. Um, you know, I'm just going for like a fans point of view and seeing it on a Saturday. Um, obviously, he brought in, he brought back Darryl O'Connor, who unfortunately he'll be injured on Saturday because he dislocated the show the last Saturday against Morton, but he hadn't played him since the Kilmarnock game. Um, brought him over from Ireland as a winger, played him once and didn't play him again. Um so, you know, he'll be missed. But I think the style of football we're back playing again, you know, with the ball on the ground, etc Uh it seems to be a lot better. And the fans seem to you know, seem to be more appreciative of of the style of football.
1: Thistle this will never go on too well against David Hopkins teams. We've got a slightly better record against Jim Duffy teams. But do you think it'll be an open game on Saturday? Do you think it hey, will come come to play?
0: I think we will, yeah. Yeah, I think we will. Obviously, um Ian McCall was there on Saturday. Um so I'm um, guessing you know here will take away what um, you know what you saw on Saturday, which wasn't much a game to be perfectly honest with you. Nil-nil was probably you know a sort of most favourable result. You know we had a couple of chances near the end. Uh, we clipped the bar and a couple of half chances. But I think it will be the games usually between Enosis and are. You know usually pretty open games. And you know I think we have a, a big support on Saturday as well. So. You know, hopefully it should be a good game and um, hopefully an Ayr win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I touched on the support there. Since Ian McCall left Ayr to come to Thistle, there's been a, a wee rivalry form between the two clubs. Um, how, how Is this a more important game for there? would you say, just because of that McCall factor? And Doherty as well?
0: I think possibly in a way... Um, I mean, Ian McCall was loved air yeah. I mean, I certainly, got on when you know when we stadium announced, I got to know him pretty well. I was genuinely gutted when he left, you know, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but again, this was his first love, basically. You know, he's got plenty of ties, there, and I think he stays in the area. So, you know, I think it is a, a bit added incentive. A lot of people at the time couldn't understand why he left that. You know, why he left there, who was at the top of the league at the time to Thistle who was like second bottom, bottom of the championship but then you kind of read into it you know he obviously it was at Thistle before and he stays like you know in the kind of Maryhill area so you know it's a bit of an added incentive but you know I'm sure honestly don't know what kind of reception you'll get on Saturday from these fans <laughs> yeah it's the same with Doc, I mean Doc was a very popular player here as well, he club captain you know when he signed always gave 100% you know so I'm sure he'll get a good reception as well
1: uh, moving on to the sort of air players, what danger men should we be looking out for on Saturday?
0: Well, I would have said Darrow O'Connor, but unfortunately he's injured. Uh, we've got a big uh, big lad up front, Tommy Adeloy, who's been scoring a few goals since he signed from Barnett, and that was one of David Hopkins' signings. Um, he's scored like seven goals so far this season. Uh, we've got young boy James Maxwell in loan from Rangers. Uh, Paddy Redden, a left-back, who likes to got him down the sorry the left wing as well so yeah we've got one or two uh we've got one or two coming off the bench you know we've got uh, we've still got Michael Moffat who comes off the bench now and again uh hopefully to inspire things up front you know if we need to
1: yeah you've got a few ex thistle players on your team especially at the back i think Adam your head's still there and Sean McGinty come in in the in the summer under yeah he yeah yeah, yeah. What, how have they been doing this season
0: yeah, uh Aaron's been there for a few seasons, two or three seasons now. It was actually, um Ian McCall that signed Aaron Muirhead from Fulker. Um He got sent off against Wraith, so he's just, that was his first game back Saturday after suspension. McGinty's been, been in and out the team. He's played the last couple of games. Uh but yeah, no, they've actually been doing okay. I know there was a few stories about Sean McGinty when he, he was a bit of a bomb scare at times, but he seems to be, he seems to be doing okay here, so far, touch touchwood
1: we <laughs> see how long that continues. Wasn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have heard a few stories. I'm just kind of reserving judgment.
1: <laughs> I think he was always quite liked at Thistle because you could tell he always gave his all. He was one of them. He would always yeah. give his all. You could never accuse him of anything like that.
0: But <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, uh, I have saw an interview with him a couple of times. and He says any club he had been at, it always seems to be, you know, his fans seem to sort of take to him. And with so far, their fans seem to be taking to
1: him. Yeah, good, good stuff. Um a score prediction for
0: Saturday? Um I say uh, hopefully about a decent game. I'll go two one here. Two one yeah. Yeah.
1: I think you'll be what standing does... alone in the podcast this week. It was uh a, a yeah. thistle, thistle right. win, but, but good for you. Good
0: for you. If my previous manager had been there, I'd probably say a thistle win. <laughs> but I'm slightly <laughs> more confident in the last two or three weeks. <laughs>
1: Has it changed your outlook in the season? I think we've spoken about sort of yourselves, Morton, maybe even our growth, but our growth have sort of defied all expectations. has been yeah, the have. teams looking to keep their, their heads above water this season. Do you think the change of management has seen a lot of the fans start to look up now? Our playoffs are playoffs an ambition for the season?
0: Yeah, I think the fans are looking a bit uh, more optimistic. Um, obviously we've all played about seven games or eight games whatever it is so far. Um, Yeah, I think up to the after the Wraith Rovers game, when we lost 2-0 and obviously Hopkins left a few days later, I think the fans were getting restless and everything else. But you know, since Jim Duffy's come in, he's not really changed much because, you know, it's the same group of players. He's just changed, you know, maybe playing the ball on the deck more apart from the big punt up the park. And he's brought in a few couple of players who were always on the bench, but he's he seemed to bring, you know, he's, he's started them now a slight change of formation. Obviously, I don't know whether Jim will get the job full-time. You know, it's still up in the air. We don't know what's happening with that. But if we did get it full-time, you know, I think the fans will be delighted with that, even it's to the end of the season.
1: Is, is there any other names been talked about, or is it just looking like Duffy will, will be there for the foreseeable?
0: It just looks like Duffy at the moment. Obviously, when Hopkin left, a few fans were wanting Yogi Hughes, and you know a few other sort of names been bandied about. But you know, I know Hopkin wasn't the first choice favorite. Obviously, after Mark Kerr left, but I've not really heard anything else to be perfectly honest with you, Matt. You know, I've not really heard a thing. As I say, so far, you know, the fans seem to be, you know, liking the style of Jim Duffy's play.
1: Anyway, Scott, thanks very much for joining us, and
0: no good luck for at the all. rest of the
1: season, apart from the the four times we played each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. Thanks a lot. Thanks.
1: Jamie, looking ahead to Saturday, we're at home to air. As you mentioned, there's a wee mini resurgence under Jim Duffy, obviously a very experienced manager at this level. What are you expecting from the game and um, what sort of team would you like to see? What Who would you like to see in the start eleven? Any Any big shake-ups from you? I wouldn't see any massive changes.
3: Um, I wouldn't mind seeing that back three with the backs we mentioned earlier. If that was going to be played, uh, I said earlier, I'd like Hendry if he's fit to play left back or well, left wing back, and Shea Gordon a right wing back with three centre halves being Mayo, Holt, and Akinola. I think Sneddon should keep his place. I know the first goal on Sunday he could have maybe done a bit better with. I know some people said he, you know, got got in a bit too late maybe, or you know, just didn't react quick enough. And yeah, he probably could have done a little bit better with him, but again, we did react quick enough to the corner. The penalty, like, he went the right way, but didn't save it. And the third goal, I've not watched the highlights back. Couldn't you obviously get a great view on the other side of the stands. Uh, other side of the pitch, sorry. But again, it just looked like poor defending. We've not reacted to, so I think he should retain his place. I want us to go with Graham up front. I think um, we were talking about it in the chat, and I think Rhys Jenkins put in that formation, which looked like it was running on in the middle of a front three with kind of, sorry, Graham rather, in the middle of a front three with kind of Rudden playing off the right and Tiffany playing off the left with um, Barry and Turner in the middle. And that's definitely something I would think would be interesting to use. Doc, he's not been playing his best right now, so maybe a game at the team for him actually would, would do him a favour. I don't I think he played a bit better on uh, Sunday than he had been previously, but there's still a few, you know, aimless long balls and misplaced passes. So he definitely hasn't back to his best by any means for us yet, but we know he's a good player in there. So I wouldn't mind seeing something like that with uh, the back five that I mentioned, standing goals, Bannigan and Turner in the middle with that front three of Tiffany Rudden and Graham up front. I think that could be something that could work for us. I know maybe Lacks a little bit of width and they might be playing a bit narrow, probably want to stick Rudden completely out in right wing, maybe more of a right forward role just off Graham. But it would be something with wing backs that I think could work and I'd like to see that. And we're playing here at home on a wide pitch at Far Hill going back so hopefully we we'll would work with that and we just need to mix it up because performances have been stale we've been sussed out about how we're scoring goals with corners and certain other ways we're scoring goals we're not been able to deal with long balls over the top so maybe playing with three seven and a half we could do that a little bit better with Akinola back in there I think it's quite a Camry influence at the back I've liked him when he's played but we need to defend a bit better because this will score more than you even though we'll concede it doesn't matter somewhat at the end of the day, has not been working recently because we've just been conceding so many sloppy goals, so many avoidable goals. As I said, I feel long balls are a big weakness for us right now and I feel it's going to end up getting very noticeable. If we keep conceding from long balls, more teams will try it against us and it will just keep happening. So we do need to mix it up.
1: David, at the risk of riling up any air fans that might be listening, what sort of game are you expecting? Are you expecting that? A nice open game are you expecting air to sit in? What sort of thing are you expecting to see for her on Saturday?
2: I think it's going to be tight. Um g- games against air, I think uh, uh, because obviously we have McC- McCall now, um it, those games are always very a, a wee bit a wee bit toxic in terms of what like, the fans I remember was, was it the last time we went to Somerset Fat where we seen a guy like berate a child? I'm sure uh, because it was like McCall against air and like this child was saying something about Party Fist or something. This full grown man just leapt up and started like screaming at his kids. Um, so I think it'll be, it'll be a great atmosphere. Um, I think it's going to be a very tough game. I think this, it, I, I, I always thought we will be air quite comfortably. I think that we, we, we have the better of them in terms of um, the squad. However, they are on a bit of a run under Duffy and in their interim management, and we are on a, a quite poor run. It would it would be great to turn it round, and it is that for hill, so there's no reason why we can't. But um, I don't I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think there's going to be lots of scuff chances, probably a, a lot more argy-bargy like we've seen against Rafe as well. I think as well if you are a team like, for example. Uh, air or whatever you would see the last couple of weeks we've really struggled against teams who really turn the screw on us and are are very physical Um, and you'll you'll probably see quite a lot of that Um, so yeah it's going to be a a rough and tumble encounter but um, hopefully I would hope we would get the win obviously
1: David a score prediction? 3-2
0: 3-2 Thistle. Jamie,
1: score prediction?
0: 3-1 Thistle. Andy? I'm going 3-1 Thistle as well.
1: I'm going to go 1-0 Thistle. A scrappy 1-0. A scrappy Hopefully Doc scores and buyers there. Fans pointing to his captain's armband. That'd be nice. Um, We'll move on to Partridge Thistle this week and um, the question this week is uh, inspired by my my experience at a wedding. On Saturday I was sat at a table, it was a a mixed table, so we're obviously getting to know the other sitters at our table. So me and my partner's pal were chatting to this guy, getting to know him, "What, what do you do for a living? Told us he was a GP, that's fine. He asked me what I did, told him. He was like, do you get any, uh, any bother in your work? And I was like, I don't really like prop- lands, property solicitors. I don't really like solicitors that deal with, with property. My my partner's mate and him, oh, they, they are scum, they're the scum of there. And we thought we were on safe ground because he was giving it, oh, I'm, I'm a GP. And then he just dropped, so my dad's a property solicitor. So that, that was us for the rest of the meal. So for <laughs> partridge that's this week, I'm going to ask, when have you put your foot in it? David,
2: I'll come to you first. Right. So this is going to be very complicated for me. I'm going to have to edit a lot of this out, right? Because it's to do with this podcast. Um. So I'll tell you the full thing. You you can be part to the gold, but I I do need to edit it out because the whole point is, is I put it in. I shouldn't have. Um,
1: I'm
2: really intrigued by this. I think I should stay in. I, I well no because no right well when you hear it you'll understand why. So basically. And then fast forward a couple, uh, until a couple of weeks ago in the Woody, Barry O'Neill, friend of the show, was like, Why did you tell everyone that? You've went and, and ruined that now because people listen to your pods. And he says, If, if this causes issues the next time, I will personally blame you, as, as rightfully he should, because I didn't think about it at the time. So I, I yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I fucked up. <laughs> that's okay. Well, oh, no, word. no, because I no, my my thing is, oh, I said a thing that I shouldn't have said because it's given away the secret, and as well as that, I said it a second time. I
1: oh, said that again. Now, right, that's true. Um, Jamie, what about you? When have you put your foot in it? Um,
3: don't know actually. Come back to me. I need to think about this.
2: He's trying to think of a Doctor Who answer. That's no, what he's no,
3: doing. No, no,
2: awesome uh, not my
3: scapegoat. Sorry, my cop out answer for anything. But I can't think. I need to think.
1: David, you're very lucky. Jamie and I haven't turned this into a Doctor Who podcast this week with the fantastic news that, that the main man is back.
2: I, I I do like Doctor Who. I just don't watch it very often. I think it, it's it's a good show. I do. I did. I went for a phase when um, a couple of years ago. Uh where I used to watch all the old Doctor Who's on the horror yeah. channel. They they were they were brilliant man.
1: Aye, but uh, a, a shout out to Russell T. Davies if he's listening. It's good to have you back, Chief. Um Andy, what about you? When have you put your foot in it? Uh, so there was a time when uh do you remember when
4: the had the centenary where they I think they played against them when they won 2-0? Uh, it, that was like a few years ago. I think I'm trying to think if it was 2011 maybe. Uh, and it was, was that the one where we wore the special top? Yeah, I the kind of dark blue I think Kearney, sc- it was on. Do you ever follow the Twitter Thistle on this day Thistle? Whatever. It, I think it
2: is. Mm-hmm.
4: I think that was on recently. I think it was uh, Simon Donnelly and Paul Kearney scored that day and we wore the kind of dark blue jersey. Uh, so they had like the party over at the city chambers. I was there because my, my papa was inviting my papa's the Fairhill Flyer, eh, Johnny McKenzie. And eh, so I went with my dad, my my grandpa, my gran and all that. And eh, I think I must have been about 17, 18 at the time. And I, I was end up like standing beside Liam Buchanan, eh, I'm trying to think of others, maybe Simon Donnelly and a, and a few other players as well. So I was just chatting away to them and I was like, I, I was like, in the fan mode, right? And I was like, I what do you think about Gary Harkins leaving? What an absolute bl- like traitor, man! Like, like bad mouthing him." And then Liam Buchanan just kind of looked at me and went he's like my best pal, by the way. Like, what you? What who's this wee guy just covered up in absolutely bad mouthing hey, Gary Harkins? Can kind of I do? Because I think he just moved to Dundee, so that was me. I was kind of the kind of just looked at me and went wee man just kind of settled down a wee bit. <laughs> so I I was kind of like right. I'll
2: just kind of walk away now. <laughs> that's like was a drop, that's was a that the? Was that the? There was the. Uh, it was one of the dinners, or po- I believe it was Paul Kearney ended up fought in a urinal. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> yes, allegedly, it's a Mark Wallace rumor, so it could it could be wrong, but yes, allegedly. Aye, that that, that was a good night. Yeah, but I aye, think I'm... Archie had to come get him in a moon boot or something like that. Like, <laughs> I had to pick him at the urinal.
4: <laughs> I see, I think, was it Martin Corrigan that played for us? He was, he was, he was like, he was such a laugh. He was like, what about, buzzing about, being like, winding everyone up. Yeah, I never thought of that like Martin Corrigan would be a guy like that, but I, he was just winding everyone up, and I yeah, maybe, maybe he pushed Paul Kearney into the, the uniral. <laughs> Superb. Jamie, have you thought
1: of
4: anything,
1: anytime
3: time you've put your foot in it? Man, there's not like, I'm absolutely saint. I've never done anything more. I just can't think of a good answer. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to I'm to, have to get substituted off of an injury here. I can't think of anything. I know that's a
1: poor show. Boom me off if you want. I've gone the new He once
2: pushed Paul Kearney into a <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jamie probably hadn't celebrated his 10th birthday by
3: then. <laughs> I, I, I do not know what, when that was. I've only been supporting Thistle since the 2012-13 season. So Paul Kearney was gone by then.
2: I think that would actually be funnier if like a Wayne had like knocked him into it instead of like a person. I'd have given just a wee Wayne running by and just clapping the back of his leg and
1: sending him into the
4: Or knee. <laughs> like tiny shoes together at the bottom, not the women who's <laughs>
1: fell over. I it in the zeitgeist now. Jamie McDonald put Paul Kearney into a union. We'll stick with that. That's the story. As always, thank you for joining us on Draw Loser Draw. I've been joined by Jamie McDonald, David Forrest and Andy McKenzie. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Draw, Lose, or Draw. We'll be back next week to look back on hopefully a win to turn our poor run of form around at home to air before looking ahead to our away game in the Challenge Cup down at Palmerston on the Friday night. As always, stay safe and buy a season ticket.